Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haperset would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. I'm so thirsty. We have learned that it's so important to live a spirit-led life. We learned that in order to do that, we need to recognize and reverence and respond to the Holy Spirit. We learned that in order to honor the Holy Spirit, we need to have faith. We need to build our faith to believe in His reality, in His presence, in His Ministry in our life, we need to build faith more and more and more. We also learn that God spoke to us to our spirit by being the witness, and in order to receive the voice from God in our spirit, we need to have a clear conscience. Let me read one more time in Second Corinthians chapter thirteen, verse one. There are maybe about four. Scriptures talking about this in both the New Testament and the Old Testament. Second Corinthians chapter thirteen verse one say, "This will be the third time I am coming to you, by the mouth of two or three witnesses. Every word shall be established." So God tried to say that in order to settle an issue, right, wrong. Decision making. We need at least two witnesses, and the best is three witnesses. And actually, we have three witnesses in our life. Number one, our own spirit. Number two, the Holy Spirit inside, and number three, the Bible. These three things must agree with one another. We have the Bible. We have our own spirit. And we have the Holy Spirit. Other scripture that talk about three or two witness in Deuteronomy seventeen six, Deuteronomy nineteen fifteen, and Matthew eighteen six. As a Christians, we need to live our life based on the biblical doctrines. The Bible must be the truth that we hold on to. It's above our life. We live according to what the Bible say. If you build your life on something else, it's like a person build a house on the sand. Or if you know the Bible but you don't do it, you are like the people who build a house on the sand too. Your life gonna fall down. You're gonna be in trouble. We all want to build our house on the Word, and. Obey it. When the storm come, when the wind blows, we can stand, and we will not collapse, because the Bible is our foundation and the biblical truth that we follow. Because we want to follow the Bible, we need to make sure that the doctrine that we believe is really correct. Therefore, in our Christian life. According to the two or three witnesses, we don't build any 
doctrine, Christian doctrine on half of the verse. We don't build doctrine on prophetic words because prophetic words can be a mistake. We judge the prophetic words. We build the doctrine by having at least two scriptures in the Bible confirm what we believe. If you notice, all the doctrine we teach, we have many scriptures that we quote during the preaching all the time. We build our faith on the right doctrine, which must be confirmed by two or three places in the Bible. That's why in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, we learn, Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. What does it mean, rightly dividing the word of truth? It means that you have the right doctrine. You interpret the Bible in the correct way. And in order to interpret the Bible in the correct way and come out with a doctrine, each doctrine or each truth must be confirmed by two or three verses or more. And the doctrine that comes from two or three verses must go along with the whole concept of the whole Bible. It must go with the whole Bible. Some false religions, for example, I don't want to mention name, say that Jesus is not God. Somebody wrote in the YouTube, coming, attacking me. I say, Jesus is God. And that person say, no, Jesus is not God. And she quote the scripture too, but it's only half of the scripture. And she ignore other scripture in the Bible. You see, some people come out with the idea of half of the scripture. And maybe interpret one verse, but ignore other verses. We don't do that. We have two or three witnesses. Therefore, we don't live our life and run the church by the traditions of man. Not even Thai culture. We don't run the church by Thai culture. By tradition of Thai people. We run the church, we live our life by the doctrine of the Bible. Everything we do, we know we have the scripture to confirm our practice. Amen? I lay hand not because it's a tradition. I lay hand because it's in the Bible. I cast out demon not because it's a tradition, but because Jesus said, go in my name and cast out demons. And I saw Jesus cast out demons all the time in the Bible. So we follow the doctrines and we don't live our life on somebody say something. No. We don't go by what the church says something or somebody say something. We go by what the Bible say. And there has to be two or three witnesses in the Bible. Therefore, whenever people make some comment, either in the preaching or teaching or personally to you, they make some comment, you don't swallow it right away. You need to go and check with the Bible. And if you don't find any scripture to confirm that comment, don't swallow it. Don't take it. And if somebody says, this is what I believe, this is the doctrine I believe, you say right away, show me the scripture. Amen? Show me two or three places, then I believe you. Then I will live according to it. 
you check everything in your life by looking at the book called the Bible. I promise God in this church and in this group of people, I will follow the Bible. Every teaching that I produce will have scripture to confirm that is not my own idea. Amen. And may I beg you something? May I beg you something? May I beg you something? If Thai people would do like this, can I ask you something? Could you please? When your pastor, which means Pastor Lao, teach you something that is in the Bible, please, 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 don't be stubborn and say, I'm sorry, I'm not going to do it. Because I don't like it. If you do that, you're not doing against me. You are against God. Because God gives you, pastor, the word and the doctrine. But you just sit there. I don't like this. I don't like this casting out demon. I don't like this laying on of hand. I am not going to yield to you, pastor. No, you are not fighting with me. You are, not, you are fighting with the Lord. Please, if you're going to be led by the Spirit, you cannot even surrender to this book. How are you going to be led by the Spirit? Because the Spirit will tell you what is in the book anyway. Say, so if you stop burn and you don't follow the book, you're going to say no to the Holy Spirit too because you already have that wrong attitude. I said, very straightforward. Don't be mad at me. Please be humble and surrender to the Word of God and to the Spirit of God. Don't be stubborn Christians. Amen? The Bible said that by the mouth of the two or three witnesses, every word shall be established. Romans chapter 8 verse 16 say, The Spirit Himself bear witness with our spirit that we are children of God. I explained in the last sermon that the word bear witness means co-witness. Not only one witness, but co-witness. At least two witnesses. The testimony of two or three witnesses. Then the matter will be established. So in our Christian walk, we need two or three witnesses. And I already mentioned your spirit and Holy Spirit and the Bible. Amen? So in order to follow the Holy Spirit, we need to have all these witnesses. Your Spirit, Holy Spirit, and the Bible. Three witnesses. And a witness is a person who saw something, who heard something, and knows something. For example, if one day at the intersection, there is a car accident, and I and Pastor Da were standing there looking at the accident. The police officer come by and say, did you see the accident? I say, yes, I saw it. And Pastor Da say, I saw it too. That truck hit the back of that car. We became co-witnesses. We both see the situation, the accident. The Bible say, 
the Holy Spirit bear witness with our spirit. After you born again, the Spirit of God come inside you. You are not by yourself anymore. Not only your spirit, but the Holy Spirit come in to dwell on the inside of you, and then He can talk to you, bear witness with you. The Bible use the word know. The Bible use the word sense of spiritual sense or small voice. He made you know on the inside. He gives you small voice to your spirit here to be co-witness with you in your spirit. So tonight I want to talk about the dwelling of the Holy Spirit a little bit. The Bible compare our life to a city. You agree with me that in the some part of the city, very quiet, very safe and clean, full of good people, but certain. Part of the city full of gangster and bad area. When you go to certain city, maybe your friends say, "Don't go to that street. You're gonna be robbed. You're gonna be killed because a lot of bad guys there." Our life the same way. We are the city. Our, our life is compared to a temple or a home, a house, the house of God. In each house, there are many rooms, bedroom, living room. Dining room, playroom, garage is a picture of many parts of life, many parts of the city. If you want to be led by the Spirit all the time and very clear leading of the Holy Spirit, it's very important. Listen carefully. I'm gonna come to the point now. It's very important that you must be filled with the Holy Spirit. Everyone say filled with the Holy Spirit. Filled every room, every part of the city. Your spirit and you and the Holy Spirit together fill the whole being. Our life has different part: financial part, emotion part, relationship part, family part. It's like bedroom and living room and dining room. We have many parts, and if our life is not full of the Holy Spirit in every room, every part, what's gonna happen? It's dangerous. I'm gonna read you the scripture. After we born again, Jesus command the disciple and us to disciple to be filled with the Holy Spirit. To be filled with the Holy Spirit is the next experience after the spiritual birth or new birth. After you born again, next step you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's what happened to the early church disciple. It's a command of Jesus. It doesn't happen automatically. It has to do something. We have to ask God to fill us. So we need to be filled. And the Bible says that when the The disciples were filled with the Holy Spirit. They were speaking in tongues, like what happened two nights ago, or last night, two nights ago. That people were speaking in tongues. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. Let me read one scripture: Ephesians chapter five, verse eighteen. And do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Is that a command? 
Should we be filled with the Holy Spirit 20 years ago, speaking in tongue all night, shaking in the Holy Ghost, and after that, no more? Is that what the Bible say? Be filled one time 20 years ago? What the Bible say is this, continually be filled with the Holy Spirit. You should be filled all the time, on a regular basis. The problem is we don't yield to the Holy Spirit all the time. The problem is sometimes there's a leaking because we have bad attitude. We start to backslide. We start to disobey God. We used to be on fire. Five years later, we have bad attitude toward the pastor, toward the church, and we start to sit when I lay hand, <laughs> and then we begin to be empty again. Yes, you feel 20 years ago, but you're not feel anymore. We have to be careful when we use terminology. This terminology should not be used easily. We should not use it loosely, in other words. The terminology called spirit-filled. For example, I heard people say, that spirit-filled pastor just left his wife with another woman. In America, when people say spirit-filled pastor, it means the pastor who speaks in tongue, who knows to speak in tongue. Spirit-filled church, the church that have very lively worship and people speak in tongue. Oh, that spirit-filled church, they have 50% divorce. And they have adultery. When I first moved to America, to Seattle, one of my patients told me one church in Burien area collapsed totally because the pastor and everyone come out and have a dancing party and they exchange wife and husband. And eventually the whole church commit adultery and the whole church gone and they speak in tongues. I'm serious. Some of you maybe in that generation know about that church in the Burien area, the south area, airport area. Big church, huge church, very famous church, gone. Actually, that pastor who left the wife with another woman was not filled with the Holy Spirit that day. And maybe even many months before that he did not have the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Because if you are really full with the Holy Spirit, you shall not live a stubborn, rebellious, and sinful lifestyle. Let me repeat one more time. If you are really filled with the Holy Spirit, you will not live a stubborn, rebellious, and sinful lifestyle. You will live a life of love, obedience, submission, and caring, and joyful, and faithful. You're going to show that you are filled with the Holy Spirit because He controls you and you surrender to Him. One of the keys... To be led by the Spirit is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Do you know why? Let me read one scripture. While Jesus was walking on earth, Jesus cast out a lot of demons. His ministry, main three ministry, three of four, four ministry, deliverance or casting out demons, healing, preaching the gospel or teaching the truth, and making disciples. Four things. The ministry of Jesus. Casting out demons, deliverance, healing, preaching the word, 
and make disciple. And why he was doing the casting out demon, he said this way: Matthew chapter twelve, forty-three to forty-five. The Bible says, "When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places, seeking rest and finds none. Then he says, 'I will return to my house from which I came.' And when he comes, he finds it empty, swept, and put in order. Then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits, more wicked than himself." And they enter and dwell there, and the last state of that man is worse than the first. So shall it also be with this wicked generation, my dear brother and sister. This is the key. Fill every part of your life with the Spirit. No empty spot. No empty part. Of your financial room, don't cheat money. Don't cheat tithe. If you cheat tithe and keep doing that, that room is empty. You open the door for the demon to come in. Maybe in the area of relationship, don't flirt around. If you're married, don't commit adultery. Don't flirt around in the area of relationship between opposite sex. Don't open any part of your life to be empty, because God is not there. The Holy Spirit will not be there because you don't yield to Him. You still stubborn about it. You still rebellious and sinful in that area. So, in order to have Him talk to you about every subject of your life, every matter of your life, you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. In every room in your life, you need to repent quickly. You need to fill with the Holy Spirit as soon as possible. Every Sunday, you come and worship God and say, "Fill me, Lord." You listen to the anointed sermon and say, "Fill me, Lord." You pray at home and you say, "Fill me, Lord." I want to be filled every day. I don't want to be empty in any room of my life because I want you to control everything. In my life, you can speak to me about finances. You can speak to me about relationship. You can speak to me about parenting. You speak to me about ministry. You can speak to me about my job. Anything, I surrender to you, and you fill me up. And He can help you. But if you say this room, Holy Spirit, get out of here. I am not surrender to you. He will not be able to tell you because He's not in there. But worse than that, the Bible say, "Evil spirit do not come by themselves; they come with more friends." Maybe you one day just, "Hey, I gonna try turn on the internet and watch pornography," and you turn it on. Boom! You open the door on sexual immorality. Maybe the first time is okay because you, God forgive you. But you do it again tomorrow night. Tomorrow night, then that part of your life become empty because you kick the Holy Spirit out, and demon come into that area of your eyes, your thoughts of sex. And then what happen next? He will not only come alone. 
he will come with the demons of cancer, demons of poverty, demons that are gonna destroy your business, destroy your family, and then drugs, and then smoking, and then alcohol, and then gambling. It will come and begin to spread into your life, in every corner. Your life gonna keep getting worse and worse and worse to the point that eventually you lose everything. Because you just open one door for certain room in your life. This is why I see Christian life is like uh, building a wall around me. I have to protect myself. I have to protect my family. I don't want even one spirit to come in. I want to be clean and pure and blemished and holy. Because they come in to kill, to steal, and to destroy. I want to say this. Being filled with the Holy Spirit is up to you. God will never force you. Your choice. I make a choice to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I make a choice to let Him control every part of my life. I repent very quickly. I'm not playing game. Because I know the devil comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. I don't want them in my life. Period. And I want the Holy Spirit to talk to my spirit easily. Amen? Now, what happens when demons come in? You hear another voice. Have you ever seen Christians who give all kinds of excuses? And have dreams and visions that is totally off? Who give them dreams and visions and voices that are totally unbiblical? Who? Demonic spirit. So now, after the, whole, the demon come into you for a while, who's going to lead you? Who's going to talk to you? And you totally quench the Holy Spirit on the inside of you because you're so rebellious. Who's going to talk to you? Demons. And demons start to guide you to false teaching, false doctrines, and wrong churches, and compromise and do this and do this and your life is going to go downhill because you yield to certain things. You yield to them. You compromise. This is serious. Amen? This is not for fun. It's serious. If you're not careful, you can go down to the pit and go to hell if you're not careful. You can lose your salvation. You will not go to heaven because you're going to get worse and worse and worse. I've seen that in my life. People come in love God and eventually gone and totally wicked. I've seen that many times in my life because they allow certain part of their life to be controlled by demonic spirits. So everyone say, filled with the Holy Spirit. I will not leave any part of my life empty. I will let the Holy Spirit fill every part, every room, every corner in my life. My thoughts, my speech, my eyes, my ears, my money, my bank account, my relationship. The Holy Spirit can control me. He is my Lord. Acts chapter 5, 
27-32. I will end soon. And when they had brought them, they set them before the council, and the high priest asked them, saying, Did we not strictly command you not to teach in this name, in this name, in the name of Jesus? And look, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood, which means Jesus' blood, on us. But Peter and the other apostle answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. They preached the gospel and they got arrested and they were accused. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you murder by hanging on a tree. Him God has exalted to his right hand to be prince and savior, to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And now I come to the sentence. And we are his witnesses to these things. And so also is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. You can see the same principle in this scripture. Co-witness. Two testimony, two witnesses. They, the disciples, were witnesses for Jesus. And they say, the Holy Spirit witnessed too. Witness that Jesus is the Son of the living God who died for, to pay the price of our sin. We are witness, and He is witness. Our spirit is the witness. And also, the Holy Spirit is the witness, co-witness, to know God's will for our life, to know the direction of our life. Let me ask this question after I read that passage. Should Christians follow or obey the law of the country? Okay. The Bible says in Romans chapter 13, verse 1, Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. We should obey the law of the country, of the nation. But if men raise them up higher than God and higher than the Bible and come out with a law that is against the Bible, such as you cannot pray, you cannot say the name of Jesus, you cannot preach the gospel. Do we need to obey? No. We obey the government only in the context of the Bible. Out of the Bible, if the law is not biblical, we don't need to obey. That's what the disciples say. I rather obey God more than men. Amen? Everyone say, I am God witnesses. The Holy Spirit is also His witness. So I come to the, the, another principle, and I'm going to end the sermon. Okay, we are filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit witness to us. We are co-witness. Now, in the daily life, daily walk, every day, some thoughts come up in our spirit. Some voice of our own spirit come up. Before you make any decision, before you move, before you do something, should you check first? Or should you just go for it? You check first. Check with who? Holy Spirit. You check with the Holy Spirit. And you're going to receive two answers from the Holy Spirit. Yes or no. Does He agree with you? 
You know, sometimes I have a bad attitude. I tell you the truth. I'm a human. Sometimes I heard some story and I'm so mad. I have a bad attitude. And Pastor Da saw that in the house. I'm so upset, and I want to do something. I just say to God, God, this guy deserved this. And then suddenly, I heard a voice on the inside my spirit. Ah, Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. you are wrong. Stop right now. I don't agree with you. And then another voice come from my wife, Mom. Repent. <laughs> Sometimes I get mad at somebody. This is a true story. I get mad at somebody, and then I begin to curse. Actually, I begin to say something. Not even finish the sentence. Pastor that slap on my shoulder. Stop right now. You must not curse people. <sighs> and then the Holy Spirit speak to me. Ah, you must bless your enemy. So sometimes the thought come in your spirit, and the Holy Spirit, who is your co-witness, say, uh, uh, uh. "No, no, no." But another thought come up, and he say, "Yes, that's it. That is right. Go for it. You go for it. Amen." Actually, there's one couple in this room. I don't want to say the name. This couple were not boyfriend girlfriend many years ago, and the lady was kind of pursued by another man. I was on the airplane to Bangkok to the pastoral meeting, and I heard the witness of the spirit. This lady gonna marry to this man in the church. When I heard that, hmm, she already have another boyfriend. How is she gonna marry this man? But I, the voice is so clear to me that she's going to marry that man in the church. The witness of the Holy Spirit. After I came back from the trip, a few months later, they broke up. The woman and the man broke up. And the man that's going to be the, her husband began to pursue her. And I look at that. Ah, now I know God is right. So when they came to me and said, we're going to get married, I know right away, God told me ahead of time that they're going to be husband and wife, and they're still sitting there in the church right now, having two kids, very beautiful kids. The witness of the Spirit. The woman come from Hawaii. Now you can guess. The man is Washingtonian. <laughs> Hallelujah. Can you know that the Holy Spirit agrees with you or not? Can you know? Your conscience? Can you know? Do you know the Holy Spirit agrees with you or not? So from now on, when you pray, when you do anything, please don't hurry to move. People tell you to do this. In other words, don't go by routine. Don't go by tradition. Don't go by pressure of man. You always check on the inside. Anything come up before you write a check, 
before you make a phone call, before you sell your house and move, you listen to him first. Check inside, Holy Spirit, is this really what you want me to do? And if he stay quiet, don't do yet. Don't write a check. Don't do anything. Just wait on the Lord. Sometimes the answer may not come overnight. It may take five days. You just wait and wait until the Holy Spirit gives you green light, red light, and say, go for it. Then you write a check. You buy the house. You, you propose, can you marry me? Something like that. You see? So check first. Don't hurry. That's why the Bible says, be still and wait on the Lord. That's what it means. You want to do something so badly, but God say, be still. Wait on the Lord. He's going to speak to you. He's going to show you what to do. He's going to be the co-witness to confirm in your spirit what you need to do in this situation. Amen? Thank God for the Holy Spirit. There are so many things in this world that you don't know about. You can ask the Lord. He can show you to go to the right place, marry to the right person, make the right investment, right, buy the right house, move to the right place. Therefore, don't be hard-headed. Be gentle. Be obedient. Be the child that God just make a signal a little bit. Amen. When He make another signal, amen. But if you stubborn, you're so prideful and hard-headed, he tried to, you, to tell you to do something and you say, no, no, no. I trust my own idea. Eventually, the voice of the Holy Spirit will be gone from your life. He will leave you alone because he doesn't want to deal with you. He doesn't want to help you. You're so stubborn. That's why disobedience cause curses, cause failure, because you left God out. How many people promise God from now on you're going to be easy to steer by God? You will be a rain-trained horse. When God pulls a little bit, you say, Amen, you obey. When God pulls to the left a little bit, you turn left. When God pulls a little bit, you stop. When God says, Go, you go. Amen? Should we be like that? How many people say from now on, I will wait on the Lord. I will not hurry to make decision. How many people say, I look to the co-witness inside me, the Holy Spirit. How many people believe that He's going to lead you to victory, to healing, to prosperity, to the right place, to success, to higher and higher. How many people believe? I believe. Amen? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. How many people say that from now on, I will be filled with the Holy Spirit? I will not leave anything empty. I will not open any door, ear door, eye doors, any door to let the demon come into me. I will keep my house clean and filled with the Spirit of God. Amen? Hallelujah. 
Thank you, Lord Jesus. Are you ready to be filled? <laughs> Father, we thank you so much, Lord, to teach us many principles, many keys of how to walk with the Holy Spirit, how to be led by the Spirit, Lord. Lord, we promise you we're gonna go back home, meditate on all these teachings, put into practice until we it become our lifestyle, and we have experiences with the Holy Spirit, Lord. We continue to learn more, Father. Teach us more every day. We want to learn and grow from precept upon precept upon precept. We want to receive grace upon grace upon grace. We want to receive favor from you upon favor upon favor, Lord. Help us, Lord. We're going to be stronger. We're going to be more righteous and more fruitful for you, Lord. In the wonderful name of Jesus Christ, Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. So I will. Pray for you. When you come out, you just open your heart and you say, "God, fill me." I want you to fill every part of my life, from the top of my head to the bottom of my toes. I need you, Lord. I surrender to you. Some people ask why people fall. There are a few reasons people fall. Number one, because they cannot stand. Number two, because they yield and they want to spend time with God longer, instead of standing, which is very tired. So they want to spend time with the Lord longer. They just yield to God. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let the Holy Spirit control you. Let the Holy Spirit fill you. Don't be carnal Christians. Don't be soulish Christian. The Apostle Paul warns us: Don't be carnal, but be spiritual, filled with the Holy Spirit, led by the Holy Spirit, controlled by the Holy Spirit. We are not controlled by the flesh, by the carnality. We want to be spirit-filled. Hallelujah! <laughs> Thank you, Lord Jesus. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.com. I'm so thirsty.
Real Story.